When I first got into Excel after mostly programming, then I felt a little bit lost. The reason is that if you are used to programming, uh, scripting and writing procedural code or calling functions, then when you get Excel, you see the data in front of you and you need to manipulate it manually. And all of this appears to be not that effective. However, Excel is super useful for the right job. If the right job is to take some data and analyze it quickly and uh, see what's happening in this data, do some summaries, uh, correlate some columns, then I think that Excel is much better with this than any scripting language or any programming language. Um, because, at least for me, because you see the data always in front of you. So you can say, yes, but also, and also in um, a Jupyter Notebook, I can see the data in front of me. But it's not the same. You need to type some kind of command in order to see the data, and you're not able to filter things with clicks. So as much as we hate the mouse, actually, when you actually need to look at the data, change it, get some metrics out of it, Excel is just a wonderful tool. So in order to, to get the benefits of Excel into someone who is uh, who likes much better programming, we need to take the concept of programming and apply them to Excel and see how it goes along. So what are the concepts that we have in programming? We have variables and we put a lot of emphasis into good variable names, into good functions, into concise functions. Um, we have data structures, we have data frames, we have uh, tables, and uh, we have uh, manipulations of data, and then we have aggregations. And we do all of this with programming languages. And once we get to Excel, all these constructs exist, and we need to transfer them from the programming lang language into Excel so that we can use it effectively. So this is Excel for programmers. So the first thing that we uh, mentioned was the variables. The best way to get variables in Excel is actually to name ranges such that you never reference any cell by its coordinates, like A1, B1. This is not good. This range is not good. Uh, because you need to give them names. Once we give them names, then we have variable names, just like in any programming language. How to give names? Actually, there is a text box that I didn't really pay attention to, but it exists all along on Excel on the left side, on the top left side of Excel, there is a text box named name. And whenever you uh, mark a range in the, with the mouse or click a cell, you just go to this text box. It's already there. You don't need to click anything. You just go to the text box and give it a name. And this way you have variable names. Now that we have variable names, the next thing is tables. So we have um, data in our uh, Excel. So don't be shy by um, <clears throat> Uh, creating multiple tables in the same sheet or using uh, multiple sheets. But once you have a table, be sure to click the format as table in uh, Excel such that this table would become an official Excel table. Because once you select the range of the table and you hit the Excel menu and over there you will see format as table, then you would get automatic uh, filtering, you will get automatic uh, summary, and you could also Again, click the named uh, text box and give it a name, such that you have a name for each table that you have. 
So what did we say so far? We said that for any range or any cell that we are interested in, we give a name to make it a variable, just like we like variables from programming languages. And we don't want to refer to any cell directly. We want to give everything a name so that we'll have names. Okay, we are not writing an assembly. We want beautiful names. So we give everything a name and then we said that we have, we are placing the data in multiple tables. Okay. We are placing data in multiple tables and we give the tables name in the same manner. First, we mark them as tables so that we get all the filtering, automatic resize, all that we need from Excel. Then we give these tables names. Great. So now we have data structures. We have tables. We have uh, variable names and we have like semi uh, data frames. What's the next thing that we need in order to get good at Excel as programmers. The next thing that we want is to join multiple tables. So just like in, X in uh, SQL, you do join in uh, between tables or uh, in data frames, you also do joins in between uh, tables. In Excel, you also do this with two functions, the match and the index. So when, when you do joins usually in SQL between two tables, first say on which column you join. This is where the match um, function, Excel function comes into place with match. Tell it, I want to join this column from this table into this join, this, this column into on this table. And then the next function, and that's the last function for our uh, join is the index. You use the index function into, in order to get a different column from the join tables. So just like in SQL, as you join tables, you, because you want to get some other info from the other table or you want to filter, exactly you do this in Excel. You first do the match in order to join two columns in between two tables. And then you use the index function in order to get the yet another column that you needed from the join. So up to now, we had variable names because we always select uh, ranges or select cells and we go to the top left corner and click the text box and give the ranges names. We have tables, we have the data structures because we, we put multiple tables data on our screen and also we format as them as table and give them names. Now we also have joints in between the tables and the data frames. And we get, of course, all the benefits of Excel of seeing the data always on screen with great formatting. That is an amazing tool. And now the last thing that uh, we need is a uh, much powerful summaries. So for the much powerful summaries, we are going to do insert to click on the menu and insert and pivot tables. And then you can select any range. But note that because we have given variable names to all our tables, this means that uh, we do not need to select actually the range. We just give the pivot table the name of the variable of the table. And then we can do all the filtering. Uh, we, we basically select the columns to be in the rows of the summary. We select columns to be in the row. Imagine that the pivot table is the last SQL that you have. Usually you do SQL after one SQL after SQL, and then you have some kind of summary because you are not interested in the raw data. You are interested in summary. So pivot tables is the table after table after table. And then you get the summary in the pivot table. So then you say, I want uh, this table to appear in the summary. The summary is the pivot table insert in the Excel menu pivot table. And then you select all the columns that you want to appear in the summary, the columns that you want to appear in the summary and the functions that you want to apply to them so that they would appear in the summary. 
So this was itself for programmers. We took variable names, we took data structures, specifically data frames and the data tables. We took joins from SQL. We took summaries also from SQLs and standard programming. And we already have the already existing benefits of Excel visualization, which is really great. And you can see the data in front of you, which is just amazing. And, um, and we got all this into an extremely useful tool with only a very few tools, variable names, tables, two functions, match and index, pivot tables, and this is it. This is Excel for programmers. Thank you for listening. See you next time.